Graham, guess what? I've enrolled us in podcast school. What's podcast school? It's where we can learn everything we need to know about being a podcaster. Look, here's their flyer. Podcast school gives you all the skills you need to become a professional podcaster. Learn how to record, edit, beg for money via Patreon, and convince professional comedians to work for free. It looks great. I've always wanted to go to school. Actually, this does look pretty good. Maybe they'll teach us how to get that weird buzzing off the recordings. Can people even hear that? I think it's one of those things where once you hear it, you can't ignore it, and it just completely ruins your enjoyment of the podcast. I'm so excited about going back to school. You know what we have to do first, though, right? Emergency mixtape? Emergency mixtape! What would you do if you were sent into space? Are you witness the end of the human race? If you're gonna succeed, then you will need an emergency mixtape. Emergency mixtape with Joe and Gray. Ham. Hello, and welcome to Joe and Graham's Emergency Mixtape. I'm Joe. And I'm Graham. And this is the podcast where we invite our favourite people from the world of comedy and music to help us make a mixtape for every eventuality. And today we are joined by comedian Ian Smith. Hello, Ian. Hello. Uh, Lovely to have you, Ian. This is a show about mixtapes. Are you someone who makes mixtapes or are you someone who has mixtapes made for them? Um... I don't. I don't think anyone's ever made a mixtape for me. Oh, mate, that's the saddest. <laughs> yeah, but I've been in. Um, I've been in a relationship for thirteen years. Right. So what, I don't think there's any like romantic need to make a mixtape. Ah. I um. I remember getting like um all of. Uh, me and my fiance really like Biffy Clyro, mm. and I got all of their kind of rarities and B sides and put them onto CDs and gave them to her one Christmas. Um, they've now released all of those as albums. Was this through kind annoying. of LimeWire and stuff like that, through the internet downloading things? Um, I think it was post LimeWire, but it was me Googling stuff, downloading it, sometimes it just being like some kind of false package that probably gave me like a virus or something. Right. Um, yeah, just like a slow, annoying process. Mm. But she's worth it, clearly. Yeah. But we need to get on with making a mixtape. Graham, do. why are we making a mixtape today? So today, we are going back to school. Um, there are many reasons why one may want to go back to school. It could be to better yourself, it could be to explore a new career path, or of course it could be to justify a topic for a music-slash-comedy podcast. Obviously we're bettering ourselves in this yeah. one. Um, no, we're, we're, we're going back to justify a music-slash-comedy podcast. And I think first up, it's, it's me, isn't it? Uh... I think it is. Can okay. I ask a quick yeah. question? Feel free. Yeah, go for it. Would it be legal for a 30-year-old to go to secondary school if they legitimately wanted to get some GCSEs? Uh, I think you can get GCSEs through a further education college. But if you didn't know. want the... If you, wanted, <laughs> if you didn't have the school experience... I don't know if there's a specific law against it. Mm. I don't know how... I imagine there's a couple of laws against it. (laughs) Against against going to a a school teaching you? I think being a 30-year-old in a class full of 12-year-olds... That's the bit I I have trouble with. That's not a crime in and of itself, though, is it? Because otherwise teaching assistants wouldn't be allowed. I think they're kind of rigorously CRB checked, though, aren't they? Yeah, BCRB checked. I'm not saying that it happens, and I think that it would be bad be considered bad practice, I think it'll get you a poor offset well, rate. It sounds like you're actively encouraging it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I, I think that I don't think there's a specific law against it. Okay. I think if a school I, wanted to do it, I personally do not endorse this activity. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it. I think you should go to your local uh, further education college <laughs> and do an evening class. Mm. I'd say the best way to do it would be to pretend with the agreement as you pretend to be a teaching assistant. But really, you're taking notes like everyone else. I thought you were going to say pretend to be a child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's probably easier, isn't yeah. it? Just have a shave. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, first off. Yes, so um, I tried to dig into some emotions from my choices. Um, when I was in school, I, I'm presuming that if I went back to school now, I would be as I am. I'm presuming there's no weird, like, Freaky Friday sort of stuff. I presume you're just going back to school as you are. Yeah, I think my so my political campaign to allow secondary schools to make secondary schools allow adult men back in. <laughs> I succeeded at that. Uh, Thank God. Well, yeah, we're going back as as uh, but it's it's all above board. Mm. Great. So until that day, yeah, we're going back as we are. I um I tried to think about what I was like in school, and I remember the main thing that stuck with me in school wasn't. The lessons it wasn't like the lunches or anything like that the one thing that stuck with me was the fleeting friendships that you thought would last forever and i thought that was very well illustrated by be your own pets becky i like that a lot do you want to summarize the for people who haven't had the song sum, summarize the narrative to this song yeah sure so it surrounds the titular becky and her group of friends, and there is a shift from one group of friends to the other, which unfortunately ends in a homicide. Um, I don't I haven't read up on the the stats for that particular event. Um, I think that's fairly low in terms of the possibilities of what happens with when friends group shifts. But um, yeah, it, it just reminded me a lot of what I did when I was in school. I think I kind of operated a bit of a scorched earth policy with um, my friendship groups, and basically just started again each year. Just I don't know what that says about my friends or me actually. Now that I think about it, um, as an adult, you never really unless something really fucked up happens. It's very rare that you would say I'm not that person's friend anymore. Like, mm. someone would have to be like a real dick to properly falling, fall out in the way you do at school. That's because I, as adults, they've got too much on you. There's most <laughs> of my friends, I think I'm still friends with most of my friends because if I wasn't, I know what would get released. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I have friends like that. Yeah, that have no, that know mm. too much about me. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're, they're a really cool band. They were formed in Nashville. They actually broke up in 2008. Do you know um, why they broke up? Uh, yeah, I think they... Um, Did they got fall new, out? They Does got a new be? group of friends. Yeah, I think that's what <laughs> happened. They went back to school and didn't work out. So we're back in school. We're listening to this. How, how is this going to help us at school? I think for me, it's more cautionary tale than anything else. I think it's just saying, well, do you know what? You're probably not... Although it feels like it now. It feels like you're going to be friends for a hundred years and you've got your references, friendship bracelets and all this stuff. You're just not. It's just not going to happen. So just give up and just study a lot, really. That is the thing you need to know as a child is that none of that, nothing matters. All the things you're worrying about as a child, they don't mm. matter long term it's, at all. It's a difficult one to broach, I think, because my, my, my wife and I have started thinking about having kids and um, I, these are the things that worry me. It's it's how to broach the, because you really want to say yeah nothing matters it, until you're like thirty or something, you can just do over so many it's just mm. mulligan after mulligan, and I think but it's quite bleak it's it's somehow as bleak as it is uplifting that nothing matters great oh nothing matters it's 
Yeah. Mm, I and think you, if you can find like a fun song to express that in, <laughs> like, sort of write a sort of a, like a nursery rhyme type thing to tell them that, to drill it in in quite a fun way. Well, no, to, to, you need to get children's books and then change the endings. <laughs> so, mm. but but it, every add a page to the end of every children's book. I would say but re- none of this mattered anyway. I would say remove a page and go. What happens? It doesn't matter. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. The point. Good yeah, bet. If you add a page, you're at the risk of your kids going. Why have the illustrations got considerably worse? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're well, on to track two. Ian. Um, yeah. So I chose this because it was the first album I ever got when I was in school. So there must have been something as a child which connected me to the music of Bon Jovi and the hit single It's My Life from the album Crush. Uh, So I picked that song because, um, yeah, there must have been something as a kid that appealed to me about that. Uh, Or those type of rock songs with um, vague messages in them, like vaguely inspiring. Because I I, I think, um, I was maybe thinking about that when you're a kid, I don't think you can deal with the complexity of some of the like lyricism or beauty in some songs. So what you need is someone just going, it's my life and it's now or never. And you're like, yeah. But I, I think, but I think Bon Jovi always seems like someone who doesn't take himself too seriously and knows what he is, and 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 I quite like. I yeah. think that song's great. Like I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great song for. It's, a, it's you're right. It's something when in your childhood you want to hear. You want to hear a, a simple message, mm. and that's like, and and probably playing back to the last song where you worry about friendship groups and stuff like that. Being told it's your life, live it now, live it yeah, the moment yeah. is actually a good antidote to. to to the worries about friends mm. and, 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 you know, what if I fail my exams, all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think there's something like when you first find a, like, what you think is rock music mm. um, that you think is quite cool and you're like, I think you feel a bit like, oh, wow, I like some cool music. This is, like, rocky and edgy. And you don't realise at the time that Bon Jovi isn't edgy in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Um, but, yeah, I, I still have a soft spot for bits of Bon Jovi now although they're definitely in that point where like a rockier band as their albums come out you just kind of realise okay so your genre has now changed into sad country songs because your voice cannot carry um, like I, I find it really I sad I haven't any, anything that he's done since probably since the song right oh so well they, I think I've liked some of their stuff since that but now it's like um, like if you were to go and see them live they would do is it they or he? Is it are we? Is John they, Bon Jovi is the John singer bon and then is, Bon Jovi yeah. is the band. Yeah. Is that but right? But John Bon Jovi has released solo albums as John Bon Jovi. Right. Um, bon Jovi is the album. Is is the band? I don't think Richie Sambora, the guitarist, is with them anymore. I think he went. Oh. And I, I think I'm going to oversimplify this. I think he went mad. Right. <laughs> I think he went mad for the alcohol. Oh no. Um, but I mean that might not be true. So I'm just saying that's what I think. I mean, they have that image of being kind of wild rock stars. Mm, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they were if he went off the rails. Yeah. The next song is me, and I have gone for "Perfect Day" by Lou Reed. So my reasoning for this song is that I found it very hard to fit in 
at school and I felt like I had to change myself and be different to fit in. This, so this song, there are two readings of it. Some people say it's about drugs and the perfect day is the perfect day being on drugs. I don't agree with that reading because if you listen to the whole album, it's very much an album about gender identity and sexuality. And I think it's him saying, basically saying, I wish I could be straight and, and, and fit into my gender so that we could have this perfect day and I could be in a straight couple and pretending to be someone you're not. So that's my reasoning for putting this in is that it's, mm. um, it's a song about trying to trying to fit in and and the kind of the the follies of trying to fit in also he says about feeding animals in the zoo i think if you, if you were on drugs you would find that horrifying to go to a zoo i think yeah what you think that, that you think the animals are out to get you i think if you saw a giraffe and you're on drugs <laughs> you would just be like what the fuck has happened to that horse yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can see that. So I think that would have come up in the lyrics if hmm. it was drugs. Feeding animals in the park, it was fucking terrifying yeah. because I was on drugs. Yeah, I, I and then the whole the whole album's all about you know being taking a walk on the wild side, but you know not and not fitting in and, and being a, a bit different. I think that's a real comic thing, isn't it? I think most mm. there's very few comics that fit into you know, that would be the jock or or even would be the, yeah, the, yeah. the kind of the yeah the really swatty. Uh, kids at school, you know, there's, um, mm. we're all kind of outsiders that didn't quite fit into a group. I'm always surprised as well how many, when you, when you talk to a comedian about this kind of thing, how few say that they were the funny one in school. Yeah. That mm. always surprised, because I always presume it's going to be, you know, the life of the party, etc, etc. Oh, now I'm going to be a comedian. But it seems to often be the, the kind of quite, quite bookish ones that end up being the... Didn't, so I don't want to do the thing where I tell you to do material. Didn't you have a thing in your school... I remember you doing a bit in a show about, in your school yearbook, that someone else was the funny one. Oh, I was voted most likely to become a comedian, but someone else was voted funniest kid. <laughs> um, so, that, yeah, there was something of, like, Ian's got less going on that he's going to have to see that, his one quality through. Right. But, like, oh, it's a shame, though, that whoever else it was wasn't going to pursue comedy. He's now a neuroscientist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's so funny. Yeah, I, th I think there's... I, I would, like... I learned that I could write things, mm. and I. This is so weird. Like I would get the like the teacher would if everyone's good in class, I'd be allowed to read out like a little funny thing that I'd written at the mm. end as like a. But yeah, I wasn't the the funny one. I think the the remember the first time feeling proud of something that I wrote was in primary school. It must have been like year, even well, I would have been quite young, like even like year four or year three, when I wrote a story called The Bread Monster and the Smelly Baked Bean, <laughs> um, which I still think there's something in it now. Um, yeah, just about a slice of bread. And his enemy was like this baked bean. And you'd think that they would like like each other. And I used to just draw loads of different outfits for this. For The the Bread Monster was the good guy. And I... Oh, I, see, I thought the Smelly Bean would be there. I thought it was a David and Goliath type thing. No, the for some... good guy. I think the word monster has made it not seem good. Mm. If I just put bread man or something. But um, yeah, it was just a slice of bread and I'd have different costumes for him for different scenarios. Right. In. Um, what were his costumes? One of them was an underwater one and it was just a snorkel. <laughs> and then, like, I didn't even think that the bread would dissolve in the water. <laughs> so my instant thought is, when it comes to the trousers, 
Yeah. Was it like an entirely solid bottom half, or did he have little just at the very you know the corners it was like, of the bread? No, so was it, that open. It was like a slice, just a slice of bread, and with tiny arms and legs coming out. Oh, so it had arms and okay. Yeah, yeah, sort of separate to the to the main slice. Oh, I Some see. of the arms were flesh, by the way, they weren't made out of bread. Um, I, I guess there must have been either flesh or a sort of form of condensed gluten that right. like was more malleable. Mm. It's off. It's on to you, Ian, for your next choice. Um, okay, yeah, this song is Second Walk by John Frusciante. I like that song a lot. I hadn't heard it before. Mm. And I thought it was great. I really like the line um, for the school stuff of be who you are, do what you do, not win or lose. Because I feel like that's something that I'm quite bad at, that I would largely be quite competitive competitive I'm not necessarily competitive but judge myself against others mm. but you look at yourself it's so easy go, to do that in, in comedy isn't it and I think it's yeah. only in the past few years that I've gone I think it's very easy to there's people I started with who are now household names oh it's yeah it's very easy to feel like oh why is that not me but in mm. the last few years I've gone well actually I'm the best I'm, I'm trying to be the best Joe Wells that I can be I'm not trying mm. to be uh, you know these other comments which I I started with. I, I've been thinking a lot about um, my favourite album was uh, has anyone heard Last of the Ca- Last of the Country Gentlemen by Josh T. Pearson? No, no. I think it is definitely my my favourite album. I think it's incredible. And he released didn't release anything. He did um, it was an album seven years before that, and he didn't release anything for seven years after that. But in fourteen years, he made this one thing, and mm. it's pretty much perfect. And and actually, that's something to aspire to. It's not about how much you yeah. do. Yeah. And um, it's just making one thing really good. I think I would do that in comedy if I wrote a perfect show. I would milk it to yeah. hell. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think what we're learning is that working in comedy, actually, you don't ever leave school. <laughs> and those yeah. dynamics still exist a bit. Because you do, when you're at school, you're comparing yourself to other people mm. in so many ways. You know, who's most popular, who, you know, who's more attractive, who's uh, does best at school, who's good at sports, and all those mm. things that are there. And you've normally got a packed lunch with you. Well, in that way, yeah. it's better than comedy, isn't mm. it? I never bring packed lunch. Yeah, at Do least you, know you get packed lunch. Pack lunch. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I never. I, I need to. I'm trying to be healthier. You need to have a word with this agent. I, yeah. I, I don't lunch. think that's... Uh... <laughs> I, this is something that I tried to put in my show this year, and it didn't make it in. I think because it's just too specifically niche. So I try to talk about how you sort of are aware of societal norms sort of repress certain things of your self. My example being, I was in a woodwork class once and I had a penguin biscuit in the wrapper and I put it in the vice and I just made it <laughs> as thin as I could like a credit card. Um, just because I think I was bored. But then when I ate the, the penguin, it was the best of penguins ever tasted because mm. all the flavours condensed in this thin yeah. thing. So each bite was incredible. Like when you if you grind something into a dust or a grated cheese where it's, there's more sort of... It's a to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it is, is it? More surface area. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember doing it and I remember thinking like, even as a kid, thinking like, I've got to knock this on the head now <laughs> in case this is how I like food. <laughs> because socially that's just not going to work for me. <laughs> to bring a vice to every restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to have one in my house and like, yeah, you couldn't be talking to someone and... You're just tightening up your sandwich in a vice, so 
No, you're going against the ethos of this. the song is be, be who you are, do what you want, but you're saying to an extent. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had John Frusciante's view, which would be buy advice, buy a multi-pack of penguin biscuits mm. and go to town. But um, um, so from from the right angle, it could just like you're doing mints in, a, in like a mince, a mincer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Even that buying a mincer, putting something through a mincer, I can't think of anything that probably wouldn't taste nicer through a mincer. Yeah, it's dangerous. Um, once you buy a mincer, everything's mm, going to be going. Yeah, through. and I think it, I think if you had a mincer, you'd constantly be thinking, "Don't put your finger in that. Don't, <laughs> don't put your hand in it." And then I think one day you would. Well, that was very similar to when you were in school. I was, I'm of an age where it was revolutionary in school to have one of those electric pencil sharpeners. You know, the one where you put the pencil in. Oh, that was tempting, wasn't it? Yeah. But they're, they're still hand, but both are mints, but they're still hand powered, so you have to really go for it to. But no, these ones were. You, oh, electric ones? Yeah, there was, like a, oh. there was like a pressure point in it, and it just, it, by oh. some magic, went sharp pencil. I used to be terrified. Of being locked in the kiln, and that—that that is how oh, I die. Yeah. Being locked in the kiln mm. and burning to death. We, <sighs> That'd we, be horrible. We never saw the kiln because, in my specifically my class, we were too naughty to use clay in art. So we oh, never, never saw what the kiln. What did you do? I was a very good boy. In what class. did the bad boys do? <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, there was there was a large list of things, and um, they were just generally. I, I, I would say me included, but in a different way. We we're all just a bunch of pricks, to be honest. Right. I think I was just a bit sarcastic. Pre pottery. No, we never really got the chance. I think there was a few daubings, and uh, I think a few people took the art class too literally, like a world to canvas sort of thing, and did did a few things around the school. But um, no, we were just a bunch of shit. I, th- I think we were the first school to get its own policeman, as I recall. Wow. Was, oh, very that's nice. That's our claim to fame. For legal reasons, the school will remain unnamed. But, um, yeah, we weren't ideal, really. I I did a teaching assistant placement in university. And there was this kid. She must have been 10 years old, but I completely stand by it. She's a prick. <laughs> um, and she was kicking this other girl. And she's always naughty. She was kicking some of the under the table, so I could see it. So I was looking over at her and giving her a classic, like, look to be like, stop kicking that girl, you piece of shit. Um, but then, like, she was, like, acting like, oh, what? Like, what's she like? Like, just looking like, she couldn't believe why I was looking at her. But then, the very clever thing she did, so I could see out of the corner of my eye, is she's looking at me when I'm not looking at her. So I'm just looking back and forward. And she'll be looking at me, but, like, doing some kicking and stuff. So as soon as I turn around, she's already looking at me, and then she would like go like what what, and like look to the other kids as if basically she was making it out that I was constantly looking at her, because whenever oh, I turn yeah. around, mm. I'd catch her eye because she's just looking at me. So as soon as she, as soon as I turn around to look at her, she can go oh, like again. That's fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. I really hated her, and I hope she's not doing well for herself now. Kids are very good at that kind of stuff, though. Like, mm. I was like, when um, when like a kid was told not to hit another kid, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not touching, I'm not touching them." But there is, they're very resourceful when it comes to not touching. I think. Yeah, I split up that girl, I think, and another girl who I'm in a fight, and I put my hand on her shoulder, and she's like, "You're not allowed to." She said, "You're not allowed to touch they me." Do, so. They do know the law, don't they? It's surprising yeah, yeah. how much they how much they know. Mm. And that same teaching placement. I was playing football with the kids and I was tired out afterwards so I sat near the main teacher and I was like, oh, I'm, ex- I'm, like, I'm so unfit, I haven't played football in ages. And then one of the kids, James, came up behind me and started giving me a massage and I was like, James, stop, you can't give me a massage. <laughs> and so I was trying to get his kid off my shoulders. Like, he's, he's like, 
And worrying thing is, he's got some technique to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, get off me, James. And like, the other teacher's like laughing, but he's like, why, sir? And I'm just like, I can't explain to you why you're not allowed to give me a massage. <laughs> one day you'll learn why and you'll have like a flashback to this and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm going to teach you a massage. Um, I saw him lick a wall as well, that kid. He was licking a wall for a bit. I was going to say, up to that point, I was thinking, oh, he's got a good career ahead of him, but uh, yeah, shame. maybe not. That's a shame. Mm. It's me next. My second song is Good As Hell by Lizzo. I really love that song. My reasoning for including it is exam season. A lot of stress, got to do well. You feel like this is going to be your whole life depending on getting good grades in your exams. This song got me through uh, an Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which was very hard work. It, it just makes me feel relaxed when I listen to it. I think Lizzo very much is music as self-care and makes you feel good about yourself. Mm. But I think it, it's... it's it's music for it's so much music for a purpose as well. It's mm. music that if you've had a really hard day, you can put this on and it, you just think, oh, everything's going to be okay, you know. And, and, and when you're at school going through this, there's so much pressure on you with those exams where people you think, I'm going to fuck up my life if I don't study hard mm. enough. And um, you know, to have a song that you can put on and go, that's going to be all right. What What are your relaxation songs, Sam? There is this, another John Frusciante song called The Dying Song, which is so. Bleak, oh, well, not bleak, but so sad for the first half. But then the end of it is euphoric, right? Like, um, and it's just him, um, yeah, it's sort of him talking about like an acceptance of death. And then the last is him just saying, um, that, um, it's surely been a full life for me over and over again, and like just feels like contentedness, mm. but in sound form. I find that, um, a sort of weird sensation that I would get from listening to that song. Um, it's over to Graham. So, like I said earlier in the podcast, I tried to think a lot about how I felt while I was in school to um, dictate what songs I chose. I wasn't particularly academic. Um, I was okay in lessons, but I was too interested in friends and various other things to really focus. Um, I didn't have many particular skills, I would say, but the one thing I knew how to do was party. Therefore, I have gone for the song by Dolly Rots, I Know How to Party. You don't strike me as a party animal, but are you? Um... I, yeah, yeah, I do enjoy. I, I don't know if it's like an attention thing or um, I, I have a good time at a party. Do you? Yeah, I, mean, I, I actively avoid parties. I, I get some help certainly, but um, that's booze, not drugs. Just to just to clarify that because <laughs> okay. I, I realise I left that hanging for a little. Uh, do you not, as a kind of muser, get annoyed at parties that the music they're playing is not good enough? Yep, I hate it. I I hate it so much. That's but... what a lot, I and mean, that is so pathetic. I know that's pathetic and embarrassing. That's a big part of what I hate about parties is that people put on music mm. that I don't approve. I think if I get to a certain level of drunkenness, I will enjoy music that I think is terrible. Because I'm I'm really I hate dancing or being in a club or anything like that. I just hate it. But if I get to a certain level of Drugness. I just do that thing when I think I start it as a joke that when a music when the song starts in a club and I won't know what the song is, but I'll go, Oh 
because people will do that when they get excited. <laughs> so I start doing that. But then I start doing that in earnestness, even though I don't know the song. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, I love it when a song has a drop. And like, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll hear the good. music, but it's like, do, 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 do. And you're like, it's coming. I, I, I love doing that. That's why I avoid drinking, is that I then, the awful part of me that goes, I need people to... I need to explain to people why this music is not good. Mm. That comes out when I'm drunk. And most of the time I'll keep it in a go, you know, people like other things and that's fine yeah. and I don't have to. But a few drinks I'll go, listen, this is why the Arctic Monkeys are shit and you don't realise it. Any, any more thoughts on this last song? Um, I don't think so. I think it's time for bonus tracks. So uh, we, we've left, we've created the perfect soundtrack for going back to school. We had a few suggestions from people on social media. Uh, Jess Brooks said, busted, that's what I go to school for. <laughs> and we, we watched this yesterday. Have mm. you seen that? Have you watched that video in, in a post-Me Too world? Oh, no, but I, I can imagine, well. yeah. It is no. problematic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible how, because it's not that old. How old is that song? 50, or maybe it's like 15 years. Yeah, we're of that age where we go, oh, no, it is that old. Yeah, no, it is old, isn't mm. it? Yeah. But, um, oh, very, very, very sinister. Do, yeah. do, you, remember the, do you remember the premise? No, no, I, I, I don't, but I, I imagine it's I go to school because this teacher's fit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've got it, that's it. Uh, and, yeah. and then after school, I climb a tree outside of a house and looking through the window and she's in her underwear. But it's oh. three of them. Yeah. Like they've got yeah. some, I don't know if it's an agreement or a rota, we, we couldn't work it's, it out. It's fucking sinister. Mm. It's, um... Yeah, what a sinister choice, whoever suggested that. It's absolutely <laughs> just disgusting. Mm. That is, um, sorry, someone who works for my management. So, well, um, maybe uh, need to get struck off. Also, from my Lisa White said, Boomtown Raps, I don't like Mondays. A few people have said. Speaking of like sinister Mondays. choices, that's. Yeah. Um, what? What's wrong? I can say this as a, as a comedian who I think I've probably met these people from your age. I haven't met Lisa before. But what's wrong with your agency? <laughs> it's full of absolute psychopaths with um, obscene choices. <laughs> it's, I, don't, I don't know, Mondays isn't that. Is it, that that bad? Um, it was about shooting. It's about, about the San Diego school oh, shooting. Yeah, the, the, the line, I don't like Mondays, was when the police um, f were speaking to the young shooter and said, why did you do this? Why did you shoot up this school? Mm. Because I don't like Mondays. She yeah, gave me something that. to do. Yeah, yeah. So wow, quite a few people have suggested this to me. I because I saw this and I was surprised. I wasn't sure if they were doing it as some kind of like noir, like really bleak joke, mm. or they just genuinely. The two people who suggested it to me, I don't think would would make a really bleak joke like that. Um, I think they're too nice. Then they need a talking to. Because also, mm. Kerry Herbert suggested Marilyn Manson's Disposable Teens, which was released after. The Columbine Massacre, and it's kind of an allusion to. Mm. It's very bold for him to call a song "Disposable Teens" after <laughs> being yeah. implicated or being yeah, allegedly involved in that, even though he wasn't. Um, Fiona Haddon uh, suggested Alice Cooper Schools Out, which I am fully on board with. I listened to this on my last day of school, and I loved it. I love that song. It's fucking brilliant. It's on the nose, but it's it's fucking great. Yeah, I think it starts in that way. I mean, you, it starts with the guitar, so you, it's almost like the school bell at the end, and you can yeah. Was, I've never been happier than when I I because I I hated school. I have never been happier than that last day of school. Where it's like, for ten years of my life, I've had to go. I've had to go to this place, and now I can do whatever I want. Such mm. an incredible feeling. The the last day of my school before I went to college, um, 
we had like this end of year end assembly as a kind of goodbye assembly mm. and halfway through it I had a year had an epileptic fit oh, and God. then we were told like okay that's it leave and like so that was the end of our <laughs> school wow. as him doing a singing a duet with another teacher for a bit of fun have an epileptic fit and us walking out as another teacher stroked his face telling him it would be okay that oh, was the end God. of our school that's the end of yeah. our school wow and um, he just thought, wow, what an image. I mean, he's all, he's all right now. He's a very, quite a nice, nice guy and stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's your final message of school. Like, right, go off into the world. It's all going to be, oh, God, what's happening here? Then someone's, stro- someone's stroking someone's face. You always know something's gone down when that's <laughs> happening. So we just all walked out and loads of, loads of people were crying. And it was just like, well, on to college. <laughs> well, I remember someone, my friend uh, uh, Ray... Uh, in it was like three days to the end of term, and he was caught trying to sneak off into the woods near the school to have a cigarette. And the teacher went, "You get back here, otherwise you're expelled." And he looked at his finger and went, "One, two, three days, right?" And walked off. <laughs> and to this day, it's the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. People talk about like rock stars walking out being cool. So fucking cool. Looks like <laughs> one, two, three. All right. My, go, my concern there is they won't see this, but when you did that, you, you acted him out counting three days on his hands. So I think maybe you should have Oh, sorry, I should have said that I'm terrible at uh, this audio medium. So he counted three days on his hands and uh, walked off. I think he needed those three days if he's still counting them yeah. on his hands. Possibly, yeah, you're right. Maybe that's going to be the, the last day that we learn, <laughs> learning how to count in your head. One, two, seven. Oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is everything from us this episode. Thank you, Ian, for joining us. Before we go, you're going to end up a yes. fringe with a new show. Um, the show's called Ian Smith Half-Life. And I guess it's about... What have I done this year? Postponed my wedding, went to Chernobyl, entered a Scrabble tournament, and a cat had a shit in my backpack. <laughs> um, so it's about those things and why they're all linked, I think. I love your shows. Every time I see them, I really enjoy them. Oh, so thank I you. Will definitely they give me nothing but stress <laughs> until they're But you finished. make loads of money out of them, though, don't you? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll maybe lose three or four grand every time. But it's not about money or happiness. <laughs> um, What's it about? Um, oh, God, we're giving you a crisis. I guess it's about... I don't like having too much money in my bank account. Hmm. Um, and I feel like... Um, going to Edinburgh is giving back to the community. Yeah, but I worry that Edinburgh landlords don't make enough money. Yeah. <laughs> I just like piling a lot of money into Iron Brew and, um, <laughs> like, um, tray bakes <laughs> and making my body, um, de- like, disintegrate. <laughs> um, yeah, I like seeing the change in my body and appearance from the beginning of the month to the end of the month. That's you always fun. see your, your show at the beginning and the end and see the difference yeah, yeah yeah so if you're listening kids that's, uh, that's something to aspire to yeah if you want to be a stand-up comedian why why would you do that <laughs> uh, thank you Joyce uh, and thank you to you the listener for listening to the show if you've enjoyed the show then please rate and review us on iTunes also if you like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter they're both at emixpod especially if you'd like to contribute to the bonus tracks of future mixtapes and if you'd like to suggest a situation which we need to make a playlist for, just email emergencymixtapepodcast at gmail.com. And that's all from us. Goodbye. Goodbye.
me done. Just handed in my final piece of coursework. I have graduated podcast school. Coursework? Yeah, the written coursework. Have you not done it? Uh, yeah, of course I have. Just, just remind me what we're to do again. Well, we had to write a comedy sketch for the end of our podcast. Oh shit, no, I, I, I haven't done that. Well, what are you going to do? It's due today. Uh, I know, I'll just transcribe this conversation about how I forgot to write a sketch and that will be the sketch. It'll be really postmodern. Uh, it doesn't sound very funny, though. It could be. We just have to say something really amusing right now. Well, that's, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but we're professional comedians. We can do that. Um, what, no. What about... Um... No, I, I've got nothing.